Hey gang, I'm JP and welcome back to Talking Star Trek Picard. Tonight we're going to talk about episode 3, the beginning, the end is the beginning. And yes, the end of this episode was the beginning of the adventure, you guys. Picard and his new crew, uh, minus one, we still have one more to pick up next week. I'm sure it's going to be great. <laughs> Uh, we'll get, what's his name, Elnor, Eldor, L4, uh, uh, Hugo Weaving, I can't remember what his name is, but we're going to pick him up next week, we'll see what he's all about, and I'm sure he's all about this, whatever that means, and uh, we also have some Orville stuff to talk about, and I'm very excited about, we're going to find out what you thought about episode 3 of Star Trek Picard, there's a lot of stuff going on in every episode, I have to watch take notes really think about stuff go back and go over every word because there's so much being packed into these episodes to try and wrap my brain around which is exactly what i've been trying to do all day i actually have the review i just moments ago got it all edited together i still have to render it get a thumbnail and throw it up a little bit after we're done here uh with our chat and you'll know exactly, well, you're going to know what I thought anyway, because we're here talking about it. And uh, I'm going to hear your questions. Hopefully I can clarify some things. Maybe you can clarify some stuff for me. And uh, it's definitely connected to Discovery, from what I can tell. Luck Dragon. Guess what, Luck Dragon? We're going back to the Orville sound drops. There was no equipment malfunction. Well, you don't have to brag about it. <laughs> Luck Dragon, I absolutely loathe Disco, but Picard has rekindled my love of Trek that was introduced to me when I was five years old when TNG originally premiered, all the way back in 1987, Luck Dragon. And while I also, I loathe Disco in a very fair way, I see little bits and pieces and places they could go that would be better, and hopefully they will someday, and it'll never make up for those first two seasons. But yeah, I also dislike Disco. Uh, but yeah, I'm still... Now I'm seeing connections between uh, Discovery and Picard. But right now, it's too early for me to know if I'm bothered by that. I don't, I'm not someone who's like, Oh my God, I see a connection. No! It's what what, how are they going to handle it? How's the story? Is this going to be uh, a connection to Discovery, to a mystery of Discovery, the bad guys... That discovery we're going up against which we never really met uh is picard going to go up against those bad guys from a different timeline in the future uh but it gets handled betterly betterly better this might be a redemption for the mysterious bad guy and i don't think it'll ever be a redemption for discovery itself but it could be uh, a redemption of the mystery but we don't know yet we I don't know. It's only episode three. I, I, I have worries. I am worried a little bit that it could go south. But right now, I don't see it there. But uh, unlike with the first two episodes, I see where it could go wrong. Luck, dragon. But I'm still loving Picard. <laughs> but I am a little bit worried. Rob Crawford. As I am incapable of stuttering, I must conclude that you heard me. <laughs> you heard me, Rob Crawford. I heard you. Uh, yeah, and there was a few things in this episode that were non-discovery related. That first off, well, things that were discovery related with that I was like, oh, that's interesting. Hopefully, they do a, a good job with it. Uh, and there was other things in this episode. I was like, mm, not necessarily filling the the dialogue in this part. Not necessarily 
filling this scene and then other parts where I am liking it. Uh, how about Jonathan Del Arco returning as Hugh? That was a bright spot uh, from the episode for me, seeing uh, Jonathan Del Arco. I, I had no idea. I haven't kept up with Del Arco. I don't know if he's a good actor. We didn't know if he was even a good actor with Hugh because Hugh's very robotic and stuff like that. So I was really sure. I was like, ooh, he's kind of... He, the acting was good, but also he was like kind of creepy, a little mysterious. You couldn't tell if he was a good, good guy or a bad guy, but of course we know he's a good guy. So that even made me like the fact that he's weird and kind of off-putting a little bit. Uh, made me like that even more because we, we know he's a good guy. He's just different type of good guy. Absolutely loving it. Rob Crawford again. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My God. This is so good. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. That is so good. So good, Rob Crawford. Thanks again. Hey, JP, any Orville news that are new Orville news? Nothing crazy new. Or, oh, I, one little thing. I haven't done a video about it yet, but I'm going to. Uh, what's his name? Bruce Boxleitner? Bruce Boxleitner? You know the guy from, I think it was in Tron? Very famous guy. I think I'm saying his name right. If I'm not, uh, correct me in the chat. He is uh, going to be making an appearance in, in the Orville. Somebody just happened to take an Instagram picture that was having dinner with them. And they, and they said, oh, here's so-and-so uh, that's doing this. Here's so-and-so. And here's Bruce uh, just got done shooting the Orville. I'm like, oh, Bruce, is he's a perfect person. The exact type of person that they do cameos of in the Orville. Um, so it looks like he's going to be joining us. Also, we haven't talked about this yet. I put a video out on Sunday. The rumor goes, you know, we had that rumor that Seth MacFarlane is dead set on buying Star Trek, the rights to Star Trek, uh, classic Star Trek and the rights to do new Star Trek in that format, in the, in the original format. He's not interested in the JJ stuff or any of the, um, you know discovery whatever cbs all access is doing he's not interested in any of that you guys are doing cbs you're doing that you go ahead and keep doing that we want to do the the og stuff over on nbc that's the rumor and then uh, addition to the rumor apparently last week rumor alert rumor 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 don't forget that seth mcfarland and nbc sat down with cbs for a sales meeting for star trek which to me means that yes if it's true Yes, he's interested in buying it. NBC is interested in putting up the money with him. They want Star Trek back. And it means to me that CBS is worried about Star Trek enough to be taking a sales meeting. But apparently, rumor has it, CBS is asking wait a huge number because they have confidence in, in the, uh, now that uh, Picard's being received pretty well. Uh, they have confidence in the franchise so that they want a really big price. I still don't think... No matter how good Picard's going to do, all their Star Trek shows have to do well if it's going to be successful for, for their streaming service, which I don't think that's possible, uh, no matter how good Picard does. And I think it'll do really well. So apparently they wanted so much for it, which I predicted would happen if Picard did well. I said they're going to want way too much. Uh, they gave a really high price. Seth MacFarlane's like, uh-uh, that is nuts. That's We're offering you a fair price. So it's supposed to be a two-hour meeting. Seth MacFarlane and NBC got up walked out rumor i have to keep saying rumor very specific rumor uh but that doesn't mean that he's still not going to buy it that just means cbs is going to go back though they might lower their bid especially as you know they get drop off with views from picard 
Uh, people are loving Picard. People, some people are hating Picard. They planned on hating Picard. Some people just planned on maybe in, giving it a chance and they didn't like it. Uh, doesn't matter, good or bad. People are interested with the first couple episodes. It's a new thing. They want to check it out, right? So they did. So everything that's new gets a big thing of views right when it comes out and then they drop off. I have no doubt it's going to drop off no matter how good it is. And that's with any show. And CBS can't handle that. They, they're they writing the entire streaming service that's, you know, pricey for what it is on one franchise. That's not going to work. We might as well call it CBS Star Trek Access and get rid of all the other shows if that's what they're going to try to do. So maybe they'll lower their price. Seth and ABC might raise their price. They come back, meet in the middle. Maybe some new numbers will come in where CBS is like, oh, maybe we should we should sell it. We'll have to wait and see. Now we have another super chat from Dan Crane. That's what I'm talking about right there on the phone. <laughs> JP, Star Trek is back. Loving Picard. I am also still very much liking Picard. I don't know if this... I think I like the first two episodes better than this one. And that's just because we had to be introduced to two more... To Well, more than that. A few more characters. There's only so much time in an episode. So the show really shines when it's really centered around Picard. But because we had to meet some other characters... Uh, the focus pulled away a little bit from Picard, uh, from Patrick Stewart. So just that alone is going to make it a little bit less of a more gooder episode, you guys. But also there was some weird stuff going on in there. Uh, I'm loving Raffi, but I don't think it was handled well. Um, her addiction problem that she has just seemed way like, look at me, I'm addicted to something. <laughs> so I wasn't really believing it. I really would have preferred it if she was just normal. She drank a little too much, maybe uh, hit that space crack pipe like she did. Fine, that's cool. Uh, but it doesn't seem like too much problem. She just was a little bit edgy. But then later throughout the series, we would see that she's addicted to stuff. Um, so I don't like the way they handled that very well. I was very happy to see some EMHs. Not even Hs. There was an EMH, emergency medical hologram, uh, which is like a Roddy McDowell type character played by Santiago uh, Cabrera. But he also had a, an E-N-H. He had an E-N-word H. <laughs> Sorry for the pun. I had to do it. E, uh, emergency navigational hologram, which was new to me. You guys might have seen that before. Uh, that was new to me. And he was uh, in classic 90s Star Trek style, uh, an Irishman. Uh, quintessential, you know, person doing a, an Irish accent that's not actually Irish. <laughs> well, it was a real Irishman having an Irish accent in the 90s trick, but you know what I'm saying, right? That was a vape. <laughs> uh, she put a, she put, no, she put space crack. She packed the, she packed a crack bowl. <laughs> she packed that bowl. <laughs> yeah, it was vape technology, but she straight up put that little space crack in there and had at it. I didn't like how Rafi was... Uh, really sipping that wine like it was something crazy good, like, you know, satisfying that craving, that addiction craving. Uh, wine's not going to, uh, sip of wine's not going to do it. She's going to need something hardcore. She's going to need a whiskey, a rum, a Romulan ale, something hardcore. Uh, you know, as a person who in my life is drinking too much too often, uh, wine is just a juice box. That eventually will catch up with you a little bit. She's going to need a lot more than a bottle if she's really, uh, really uh, has some substance abuse 
Boxleitner at a Comic-Con at a distance, of course. You saw him? Nice. What's up, man? Oh, we didn't do greetings. We'll do a delayed greeting. There's, there'll be more people here to say hello to anyway at this point. Participants, Alan Phillips, Birch Hansen, Brian Dawkins, who is a channel member. Uh, Captain Robert April traveling from the future to visit us. What's up, Robert April? Uh, Corey Kennedy, Daria108, David Bland, uh, Dream dreamer out there dreamer out there herb bluntman i'm dark fire 007 joel diaz johnny hughes kalon primary what's going on kalon primary hoping to do an interview with kalon primary uh very soon you guys lights shadow man man of san matt graham matthew h matthew uh holvinsky Frenio, Rachel Brinkley, Rich Connor, Rob Crawford, Sal Tacita, Stanlow Crickets, 8 8, and one more 8. What's going on, everybody? And there's some other names I saw in the chat. Uh, YouTube doesn't always uh, throw everyone's name up. There's the news. What's up, Kalon? Uh, also, people can live. To 200 in Trek, so Picard should be a equivalent of a 40 or 50 year old. They shouldn't be depicting him as old as he is. Um, yeah, he's in his 90s. Um, he's coming off as someone in his 70s to me. Also, he he's lived a much harder life than a lot of people. And as we know, people uh, in our world today live to 70 to 80 uh, pretty frequently. But we know lots of people that die in their 40s or 50s or age more or age less than other people. So I wouldn't I wouldn't generalize everybody as living living that long. Now of course uh, Vulcans are very long lived, and Spock only lived to what two hundred and nineteen, two hundred and twenty, something like that. I know that um, Bones lived to what one hundred and thirty. Synth tobacco. There is synth synth ale after all. There is there's synthahol. I'm not sure if we've seen synthahol. No. No, I was thinking of a TNG episode. Uh, I don't know if anyone's drinking Synthahol so far in this in this series. It looks like the real stuff to me. I want to know more about Hugh as well. He was a lot more interesting than I thought he was going to be, for sure. AJP, Disney forced the CEO, CEO off of Hulu. Now Disney owns Hulu. They want to do Hulu International. Uh, yeah, I've known for a while that they've wanted to do that Disney's plans are to bring hulu worldwide makes sense um it's the next best thing to netflix but it's a very different service than netflix netflix is more about old reruns of tv shows and a new some new stuff and a bunch of original content uh netflix is and hulu is more like next day television you know it aired last night on television type of stuff so it makes sense they want to make it worldwide yeah i didn't know about the ceo off a of hulu thing who did they touch without consent? <laughs> That's the only reason I see, see I ever think of a CEO being kicked out is they touched somebody they weren't supposed to touch. <laughs> Who was it? Was it Mickey? Did Mickey do the touching or was he the one touched? <laughs> JP, this was easily the best episode so far. Picard is about Jean-Luc being broken. This series is about his road to redemption. And it's not even about his road to redemption because he still seems to be Picard. He has lost his faith in himself a little bit. He's trying something new because he made a decision 14 years ago to leave what he loved because he was let down by Starfleet. Now, to me, but but now I'm seeing that Starfleet 
is is has been uh, there's some there's somebody pulling the strings there, and also I think Starfleet along with the Romulans because I do think the Federation and the Rom and the the Tal Shiar Romulans are working together, but not for the nefarious reasons that everyone believes. I think they have information about the future and destroying all synths and, and keeping a hold on the synth situation is their attempt to try to prevent that thing from happening. And I think it does uh, connect to uh, all that AI or whatever. Perhaps Soji is the AI or the, or the, um, or the uh, product of that AI. I'm also starting to think that maybe Soji wasn't built by Bruce Maddox. We're going to see Bruce Maddox, I'm pretty sure, in this series. I'm thinking maybe she wasn't built by Bruce Maddox, but perhaps she was built in the future using by the bad people using Bruce Maddox's uh, research might be another possibility. And they might catch up with Bruce Maddox, and Bruce Maddox is like, what? It's just a theory. I haven't made it yet. And then that they've been sent back, these synths, to start, you know... They're humans. They think they're human. Then all of a sudden they get activated and boom, they start doing evil stuff uh, for the benefit of the evil future thing. We don't don't know what what the case is. Sounds kind of ridiculous when I explain it, but maybe, but that's every story, every movie, every sci-fi thing you love sounds stupid when somebody says it out loud. But when you see it all put together, it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Hopefully it still makes a lot of sense. Steven Klein. Hubble clowns are the most dangerous because they're hungry. (laughs) They are. They're so hungry. Picard was being a jerk in this episode. WTF. Was he being a jerk? You talking about with Raffi when he was just like saying, uh, uh, she's like, I don't want to do it. And she's like, uh, keep going. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was being a, I don't think he was being a jerk, but let me know. Let me know what you, what scenes. Maybe I'll have a, maybe it'll jog my memory. Don't touch anyone, Picard. They can track your quantum fingerprint. <laughs> Stephen Klein just super... Oh, yeah. Stephen Klein super chatted. Thank you, Stephen Klein. I wonder if Hugh's still concerned about his friend, Jordy. Well, we're going to catch up with Jordy at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this season, but Jordy is alive. We learned that last season. I don't know if he was there during the attack on Mars or what. I would love it if Bruce Maddox turned out to be Lore. What happened to Lore? Now, some people are like, why aren't they mentioning Lore? And I'm like, well, because they've only had three episodes. <laughs> they only had three episodes. You don't, you don't want to watch The Matrix and in five minutes in, it's like, why doesn't Neo know what The Matrix is? Because it's a story. It's got to unfold. But they should mention Lore at some point, right? Lore was deactivated by Data in, what, 23... 69 i want to say it was deactivated by data put in storage somewhere i assume he's still in storage or maybe he got or or somebody he got you know someone stole him put it back together i don't know maybe they think he's in storage but he's not but of course if he was in storage they would be using him just like they used before right to to learn stuff so they we need to find out what happened to lauren they need to bring him up you can't just have before in there and not have lore, especially since this whole show is about synths, right? And I really am happy, though, that the show is not doing the synth situation as like a civil rights uh, parallel. We're past that. We're past that so uh, social commentary that was 
we did that. Uh, <laughs> we did that. We got n newer problems now, so I'm, 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 you know, I like the the newer issues. I would, you know, we should have gotten farther in the civil rights thing, but hey, we're getting there. We're working on it. Um, I was thinking that the cents were going to be like a civil rights thing, but they're not. The sense, you know, there's obviously parallels to like 9-11 and stuff like that. But the sense aren't like a, a, a Muslim parallel or anything like that. The sense are just the airports. You know, there was 9-11 and all of a sudden we, we buckled down on the airports. And that's the only thing that's really stayed with us really is the airports still suck after that. <laughs> uh, it's not the airport's fault. The airports were just being airports. Uh, so, but in this case, instead of like just doing super high security at the airports, AKA since we just got rid of the airports. So, so I'm kind of happy that they did something different than I, than I thought they were going to do. <laughs> Rob Crawford likes Gorn dogs. Kirk Douglas on the final countdown was excellent. Oh, Kirk Douglas. That's right. We lost Kirk Douglas. 103. Talk about long lived. Toaster Lives Matter. Yeah, we didn't end up going with the Toaster Lives Matter. I thought they were going to go that way. But it turns out the scents are just dumb robots. Just dumb, creepy robots. Hey, Sean W. My God, who makes these things? Okay, this is a hostile work environment. <laughs> uh, any news on Lex? Didn't you uh, put that in your notes? It is in my notes, but I don't know when I'll be able to get to it. But I got it right there. I can see it on my desktop. But yeah, Lex, got to check that out. Mortimus Maximus, JP, I like how you are so positive about Picard. Too many of the reviewers are calling it a failure. It's not a failure. Even if I didn't like it, it's not a failure. It's the biggest success for CBS uh, so far. It got uh, 10 million views. Views. The first episode got 10 million views. But, of course, that's just the first episode. That's very good for a first episode. But it's how many views is it going to be averaging overall? I think it's going to be a success. Uh, but just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's a failure. It just means you don't like it. Uh, I just don't think it's it's possible that it could be successful enough to keep all access afloat. The show's too expensive. Not even the, Picard's not even too expensive. It's Discovery that's way too damn expensive. They've sunk so much money into their brand of Star Trek that... They should have put it on uh, the main network to start with, to get some, some advertisers in there. It's just too expensive to, to keep a streaming service with not a lot of content on it, uh, original content, new content, only available content afloat. Um, doesn't matter if it's the best Star Trek ever. It's just one show, 10 episodes a year for three years. That's not going to do it. They're going to need every star trek to be good and just because i like this star trek i have no plans of thinking that their next star trek show is going to be any good at all um, i think season three of discovery is going to be better but i'm not going to be in love with it at all uh, also i don't think while i do like what they're doing with the picard series as far as the type of storytelling and and slowing down a little bit and stuff like that. It's uh, I don't think this necessarily would have worked uh, with a different, without Patrick Stewart and the, having that TNG connection and and you know some TNG characters coming back and and having it be a, a study of, of Picard. If it wasn't that, if it was just a study of just some rando new character they came up with, I don't think 
people would have been receiving it somewhere or being willing to to, to receive what it what the show is. I think they would have written it off a lot sooner, uh, or just not have been interested enough to check it out or to to subscribe. So the next show isn't going to have you know Star Trek royalty in it. So I don't see how they're going to keep it afloat. Matthew. Holovinsky, Holovinsky. I am told your people are known for creating some of the most sought-after pornographic simulations in the galaxy. I like Picard a lot. The musical musical score is heavy-handed at times, though. The only times I've I notice the score of the episodes is when they throw out that TNG sting, right? It's like all of a sudden you get that da 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 da. da. I think this episode threw it out at least twice, which I think once is all you should do. You shouldn't throw it out too often, uh, maybe once, and not once every episode, once every couple episodes when it's appropriate. I think they had an appropriate time uh, in this episode. I think it was when, you know, at the very end, when the ship warped off for the first time. That was a great moment to go, da 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 da, da. but they did it earlier in the episode. I can't remember when. Uh, not necessary. Not necessary at all. Did the Romulans and Vulcans ever reunify? Uh, talking about unification, part one and two with Spock back in the TNG days. Uh, part one in search for Spock and part two, hey, there's Spock. <laughs> uh, was that episode? I don't remember. I don't remember if they ever reunified. I'm guessing they didn't. Not fully or else that probably would have come up. <laughs> they would have been doing better. They would have been, uh, the Romulans would have been less dickish. <laughs> back in nemesis perhaps also what's up with commodore o um i knew commodore o was supposed to be everyone thinks she's a vulcan but it looks but right away i'm like oh she's romulan pretending to be vulcan um or is she actually a vulcan who's just an evil vulcan that infiltrated starfleet in the federation um it could go either way really either way it's, it's all romulans to me an evil Vulcan is just a Romulan, in my opinion. But also, she wore those shades. She was wearing sunglasses in the episode, which looked weird because she was in uniform. But also, I'm like, oh, yeah, in the future, people would totally still wear sunglasses on a sunny day. But uh, Dr. Jumadi was not wearing sunglasses. Why was Command Commodore O wearing sunglasses? Is it Was she just trying to be inconspicuous, which just makes her more conspicuous? She just doesn't understand that because she's a dumb evil Vulcan slash Romulan that's funny but the scene didn't say that at all so I would think I would assume that it means something else does she have light sensitivity like Lorca did from the mirror universe but of course that should only affect earthlings earthlings are the ones that evolved with a light sensitivity I'm pretty sure the Vulcans and Romulans and stuff didn't have that light sensitivity so that doesn't make any sense to me also I hate the fact in Discovery, that whole stupid light sensitivity thing, I absolutely hated it because if humanity evolved with the sensitivity to light, they would have evolved entirely differently and wouldn't be recognizable as humans uh, as we as we know them. They, they wouldn't have just very close parallels. There wouldn't be a version of you because back in the day, things uh, stemmed off way differently with that, with that whole evolution. So that was meh. So I don't know. I don't... The only explanation I would really accept is the fact that it was sunny and she didn't want the sun in her eyes. That makes the most sense to me. 
Yeah, I don't know if we have mirror crap. I'm hoping we don't have mirror crap. Though the mirror universe stuff was probably the best thing from season one of Discovery because it's finally something different. Uh, finally, a universe where the dark and grittiness belonged. We could have had the whole show be in the mirror universe. I think people would have liked the show a lot more. Um, except for Philippa, though. Philippa, bloop. I'm <laughs> sorry. I know people like Philippa. I can't stand a character. No Vulcans or Romulans had the same physiology. Ears. Yeah, I get the Romulan vibe from Commodore O for sure. For first off, her second, her assistant was uh, a, a fake human. That's Romulan, uh, Narek's sister. By the way, is anyone getting uh, Game of Thrones vibes from Narek and his sister? <laughs> I'm definitely getting the Game of Thrones vibes from those two. Uh, there's... Uh, She's Romulan. Uh, Commodore O is definitely part of the Vosh, however you say the secret Tal Shiar, Tal Shiar society thingy. Uh, she's definitely part of that, and that's a Romulan thing. But, of course, it could go so deep. I'm thinking this goes way deeper than we think. So there could be people from different worlds that are part of the uh, Vosh. I can't pronounce it. I'm just going to call them the super Tal Shiar, okay? XNR Live, hail JP. <laughs> Evil Romulan woman is from the Mirror Universe. Maybe she's Michelle Yeoh. No, she's Commodore O, not Commodore Yo. <laughs> I hope she's not from the Mirror Universe. And if she is, what's with the light sensitivity? She's not human. Yeah, not into Philippa or Michael or Tilly. Now, here's the thing. Okay, uh, I actually mentioned this in my re review today, but I had to erase the whole thing. Once more, I planned on doing three pages, you know, nine or, ten, nine or ten minutes. I was hoping for eight minutes. I'm trying to really get, you know, brief, you know, really sum up my thoughts. Brevity is something I have a hard time with, and you guys know this. So I ended up writing six and a half pages and I, f and I filmed probably 25 minutes and I cut it all down to 10 minutes, which is what I do with most videos. I'm like, if I go really long, I try to cut it down as much as I can, but still get a lot of the points in there. So I cut it down. So one of the things, this is BTS, by the way, uh, I, I talked about uh, Dr. Jumati, out, played by Allison Pill. I'm really digging her. She The uh, first two episodes, she had some weird... She had some a couple bad lines of dialogue in the first two episodes. This one, she was great. I actually dug the "Hey, who are you, lady?" Uh, comment from her. She's the, she is what Tilly was supposed to be in Discovery. Tilly was supposed to be the relatable one, a little bit awkward, uh, the one that the audience, you know, the audience is seeing through her eyes. She's giving the audience point of view uh, to the to the adventure. But the show writers, because the Discovery writers, I don't like the Discovery writers at all. Not personally, just their work and everything they believe in that they put on paper. Uh, they dialed her, her awkwardness up to 11, and it was already way too high. Dr. Jumati has a little bit of that realness, a little bit of that awkwardness. She's more fun, uh, but they dialed it all the way down to a 1 which is the right amount. She's all the way down to one, where she's a little, she's green, but yes, yeah, she's brilliant. She's brilliant in her field. So she is qualified, 
but outside of the laboratory she doesn't have a lot of experience she doesn't know anything about going on a space adventure or anything like that so i'm really digging her right now hopefully they keep it that way for the next seven episodes and they don't do what they did with tilly and just get worse and worse and doubling down on 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 the characteristics that people respond to if people are responding to the characteristics keep the characteristics don't keep multiplying upon the characteristics that's bad writing but that's a different show we're talking about star trek picard right now different writers different vision <laughs> bts are you going to sing some k-pop <laughs> no i sing uh ego pop by the way, I, I uh, some of you, uh, what's up, Curtis Tate? Curtis Tate is a is a channel member, official channel member. Uh, let me, I think, well, I'm scrolling by so fast. Uh, kill krill albinos with a skin problem, a tiny bit light sensitive. Yeah, the krill are a little bit light sensitive, and actually, the new song that I, Orville song that I'm working on, which is a, um, I decided to go something modern with my next krill, uh, krill with my next Orville song parody. Uh, this one is uh, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. And I actually have a, a Krill line in there, but it's it's called Lieutenant Dan Guy. Lieutenant Dan Guy. So it's about my love for the Orville. It's about the actual Orville, and it's about Lieutenant Dan, at least during the dance scenes. So you're gonna we'll be getting that song out hopefully next week or so. Because I also have to, I recorded the demo version of it, but I do have to record the real final version of it and then also make the video for it. Now, the intro is a little bit, you know, I got a lot of beat, you know, the, the, just like the song has, because I'm going to be putting a bunch of stuff over it, sound effects and stuff over it, and visuals over it in the video, because I'm making the song for a video, not necessarily for audio. Stephen Klein, JP, I can explain why Admiral O is wearing sunglasses. That's because she's really a krill. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing? She's actually Talia. <laughs> now, we're going to be seeing a lot more krill in Season 3 of the Orville. Season 3 of the Orville is going to be huge. Still don't have that uh, premiere date yet. It's going to be sometime in the fall. Um, I'm hoping for September. and then. But we do have an October release was announced for The Mandalorian season two is coming out in october now of course the next uh big show big show what five times big show uh on disney plus is going to be was the falcon and the and the bucky i think it's the falcon and the bucky right uh that's gonna be in august but we'll be getting mandalorian in october so i'm pretty excited about that <laughs> Brian says, I like the Dan voice clips in your song. Thank you. I went through a bunch of episodes to find good enough voice clips of Dan. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I wasn't able to put love is the fish hook that hooks the fish because there's music behind it in the episode. I'm like, oh, you can't have music behind a voice clip that's on top of another song. So I wasn't able to put that in there, unfortunately. Bill Keith, ah, so why are these shows being made private? Are you talking about the live shows, Bill Keith? I went to download the last couple so I could listen to the audio on the weekend, and they are gone. Yes, I make all live shows private as soon as we are done because they kill channels. Uh, this live show will kill 
my channel <laughs> if I keep it up. It makes all your numbers, and my numbers aren't even great right now at all, but just, uh, not because I'm not getting views, but because it's that time of year, uh, January, February, where I'm getting great views, but they're worth nothing. That's why this week I was going out and trying to do as much uh, Uber stuff as I could to try to, to balance out a little bit. Uh, live show, and you'll see, notice, go to other live, uh, go to other channels, you know, uh, Nerdrotic, uh, oh god, a bunch of channels, but Nerdrotic's one of them, but at least five or six channels that I follow, all created secondary channels for live shows, and that's probably eventually what I'll be doing here. I do have that secondary, uh, YouTube channel that I don't use very much, but I don't want to, uh, I don't want to start doing live shows over there yet because it's not monetized. I need to work at trying to get that channel monetized, but it's always so much work just to get this stuff done, especially since I'm doing some format changes right now with my videos. But yeah, that's why I make them all private is because uh, YouTube, for some reason, punishes channels for live shows. I don't know why. Stephen Klein, JP of Seth MacFarlane and NBC bought Star Trek and Seth took a step back from the Orville what would you want to re who would you want to replace him as captain hmm i'm thinking it would only be right if kelly became the captain bordis became the second the xo and then we have to get a new bordis a new co uh lieutenant commander i mean that's i mean you could replace ed but it would be uh, uh, seth mcfarland but as far as like you know, military goes. I mean, Kelly is ready. I mean, they'd have to come up with a reason Kelly couldn't be uh, captain, which they could do. Um, she's gotten into a lot of trouble. You know, she changed time. Uh, she made an entire planet worship her. She's got some stuff on her record that would say, you're not ready to be a captain. We thought you were, but going over your record, it's not going to work. So who would replace him? Oh, there's names that I would throw out, but I just also don't want that. I wouldn't want Nathan... I, Nathan Fillion sounds like a great choice, but also I don't think that I don't think that's going to work anymore. He's too. He was already a very famous captain. Who do you guys want? If Seth MacFarlane was, uh, was replaced on the Orville, which I don't think he would be. I think he's. I think he is going to take a step back from the Orville as far as all the producing and the writing and directing that he does with it. He'll be. I'm hoping, and I've said this since the first season. I'm hoping that he'll become more of a consultant that still plays the role of Captain Mercer, which is totally doable. And I think he is interested in that. I think he wants to do more acting from, from what he said about his move to NBC. He's interested, or somebody said that when it came to the official news of him moving to NBC. I do think that he's interested in, in doing more acting, so the Orville would be part of that. So he'll still be a producer, um, but I have been hoping that he would take a step back so that for one you know let some other people in there so we could get maybe some more episodes written stuff like that that's that was my first concern uh we you know we got so few episodes i was like oh if he takes a step back and lets other people in uh to do pick up some of the slack that he's doing all by himself we'd be able to get more stuff done and i think he's trained enough people i think he's trained enough people uh that work on the show to really you know carry on what he started okay somebody just mentioned right there manosan i wish halston sage would come back i never liked tala well i got a couple things to say about that first off i love 
Alara, but I also love Tala. I actually like Tala as a, I like Tala as a uh, the security officer more than Alara, but I do miss Alara. But there's a rumor that just came out a few days ago that Halston Stage has been given a schedule from the Orville of when she's going to be going to set to uh, do a Alara cameo for uh, an episode, at least one episode. So it really seems like Alara, we will be seeing her at least for one episode uh, next season, in season three. And I want to know from you guys, uh, it was alluded to in The Road Not Taken, the season two finale, that in the alternate timeline, John and Alara had a thing, a tryst, if you will. <laughs> and Alara was really mad at John. John's a dog, you guys. He's a player. So if Alara comes back, do you think there'll be a little bit of a spark uh, that, that ignites between John and Alara? And if so, what does that mean for Ensign Turco? What? Ensign Turco will be back on the market? Huh. I got to get on that show. Scott Bakula. Can't have, we love Scott Bakula as a captain, but man, we can't, we couldn't. He's already a famous captain. Would love it though. Captain Wheaton. Would love to see Will Wheaton on the Orville, you guys. Will Wheaton doing something. Uh, we don't need a big story from him. He can have a cameo just like Tim Russ's type of cameo where he just plays his little role really quickly. But it would be nice to see him. Yes, Dr. Finn called Tala. Well, she called... I know she called Alara a washboard head in uh, the episode Majority Rule in, uh, in Season 1. Racist. That's racist. William Shatner's captain. Okay, right there. It's Kevin Scott. That's what we want. Jalara! <laughs> Will Wheaton for the win. Will Wheaton can suck rocks. Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> uh, Halston won't give up doing Prodigal Son. It's too hot right now. Yeah, she's not going to leave Prodigal Son. Prodigal Son is a, a, a family... A part of the Orville family, you know, back when they were on Fox. She moved over, uh, Halston moved over to Prodigal Son, another Fox show at the time. And Derulio, Rob Lowe, moved over to another Fox show that just came out, 911 Lone Star. So I, I consider that another family, uh, Orville family show. But yeah, she's not going to leave, but she could totally come on uh, the Orville and do a cameo. Jake Krause. Hey, there you go. See, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, you want a Yoffit sound clip? Oh, man, hold on. Hold on. And we got to talk about, we got some more Picard stuff, you guys. Because I, I have a theory. Hey, man, I'm on your side. I always knew Isaac was a scumbag. Oh, yeah, one thing on his mind, that guy. You're better off without him. That's right. <laughs> there you go, Jake. <laughs> Uh, somebody just said, yes, Anson Mount, Dario, that is who I want to be the captain of the Orville. And what a sweet burn. What a sweet burn on CBS to get Anson Mount, to, <laughs> Anson Mount to be the captain or any character on the Orville. That would be a sweet burn. If they're not going to use him, and as much as I loved him as Captain Pike, I hope they don't use him. Because, I, like I've said before, I do not want CBS to ever go back to that part of the timeline. They screwed up their chance to do it, and they can never fix it. Unless, unless they have the balls to simply just do a time travel episode that fixes everything. Simple as that, CBS. Don't know why you won't do it. People love time travel episodes, right? 
<laughs> but yes, Anson Mount. I actually, you know, it's funny, but I would love that actually. Yeah, go Norm. Go get Robert Picardo, who plays the Lars uh, Doctor Father, to write an EMH program for Finn. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, uh, we don't even have. Oh yeah, we have Hulk. We have the e yeah, we have the environmental simulator. We need we need to get. Uh, it would be nice to get a holographic character that pops up every once in a while. You know, in the in in this in the eSim, but one that is recurring would be pretty nice. John Delancey, I would love to get a cameo from him. One thing I'm thinking about with with Picard is okay. We go to the Borg cube, right? We got Ramda, who's the crazy ex Borg, uh, XB as Hugh calls them, and she was calling uh, Soji. She goes, "I I remember you. I recognize you from the Tomorrow. You're the destroyer of worlds." No. Well, when she said, uh, I remember you from tomorrow, that means the future. She remembers her from the future. She's seen her in the future. And um, apparently I'm thinking Soji becomes that artificial that artificial intelligence or a minion of that artificial intelligence. Or maybe all the um, organic synths are products of that evil AI from the future. That they sent them back like Terminators to embed themselves into society and then take over right now i do not think that ramda was in the future or came from the future i think her ship that was the last ship assimilated by that borg cube that is now in romulan hands that ship had some sort of information from maybe that sphere some of that sphere information in it and the borg assimilated it and all of a sudden it had the truth that the tall shiar super tall shiar really know about the ancient tall shiar they really know about it this information that ship had that information the, it, the it, they simulated onto that cube it was making the Borg go nuts uh, it was messing with everything so that the Borg had to sever that cube from the collective instantly or else be infected by it and I think that information that was on that ship that they simulated has to do with some of that future AI stuff so when she said I saw you from in the tomorrow she wasn't uh, she didn't travel into the future at, at any point. What it was is she had the memories in her Borg mind that were uploaded in there because they're a collective and her brain, her human brain was just translating it into a memory. But really it's just, she had the information uh, the, from the future and they were disconnected. So I'm thinking this all connects to that AI, that evil AI, or it might even be more involved in that. I hope it's more involved in that just because Michael Burnham and her peeps called it evil AI. Doesn't mean there was, wasn't way more to it than that. And uh, But I don't think it's from the same timeline. It just could be that evil AI from a different part of its timeline. That's like, oh, we failed in this timeline. So let's get a different part of us to go back and try again in the Picard timeline. So if, if they connect it and they do it well, it's going to be great. But we don't know if they're going to connect this and do it well or not we're gonna have to wait and see it's a little worrying but i do think uh soji is the bad guy she just doesn't know it yet and we're gonna try to stop her from becoming the bad guy and uh and i think the 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 evil romulans are actually trying to do the right thing just in a dumb romulan way and they probably convinced the, the federation to do it the dumb romulan way because this 
information goes beyond empires and federations. Hopefully. That's the smart way to do it. But we don't know if they're going to go do it the dumb way. Captain Turco. Boom, right there. <laughs> ah. I'm Dark Fire. My question is, will Bruce Maddox be played by... The same actor, that guy was easy to hate. Make a good back. He had he had a punchable face, Bruce Maddox, didn't he? Just incredibly punchable face. But he was a good guy at the end of that episode. And him and Data became friends. Um, apparently he's in some place called... Oh, I forgot to mention this in my review. Uh, that's fine. There's too many things to mention. Uh, they're going to some place called Free Cloud. Don't know what Free Cloud is, but I'm pretty sure it's a place full of debauchery. And that's why uh, Raffi wants to go there. She probably wants to go there to have like a leaving Las Vegas type of going out of business sale. She wants to just get drunk. I don't know. Get BJs from. I don't know what Raffi. I don't know what she does. Okay. So she's going to drugs, drink, fun, go out in a blaze of glory at Free Cloud. I assume that's what Free Cloud is. Bruce Maddox is there because I'm guessing Free Cloud, you can get to what you could do some illegal stuff there. It's like international waters type of thing. There's no laws. So Bruce Maddox probably went there to do his illegal research. We're, uh, I'm hoping we'll find out. I doubt we find out in the next episode, but I'm sure we'll find out three or four episodes from now. Br Brian Hughes. Really? This is my job? How did I win at life? But I did. I won. Yeah. <laughs> I won. Great show tonight. Happy Arbor Day. Happy. Is it Arbor Day? Every day is Arbor Day, if you believe. <laughs> Why would they sell Arbor, celebrate Arbor Day in February? Damn you, Captain Mercer. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Thank you very much. Uh, just a quick reminder. Uh, okay, so I, I started doing this thing where on Fridays we're continuing the conversations on, on, um, that we're having here. We're continuing them on Twitch on Fridays. Can't do it tomorrow because I'm going to be hitting the road to, I'm going to go on a road trip to Neosho, Missouri to attend ArtCon. I'm a guest at ArtCon, which is uh, on Saturday uh, in Neosho from 11 to 6. The uh, Their Facebook page is right down there to get the information if you're interested in checking it out. I'm going to be there doing a, uh, a panel discussion about starting a YouTube channel versus starting a podcast. I'm also going to be hosting the Cornemic panel. Um, I'm going to be chatting with Corin Nemec, taking questions from the audience, um, doing high fives, stuff like that uh, with Corin Nemec. So we're going to have a great sci-fi conversation and see what Corin's up to. Also, and I don't think I'm going to bring this up uh, <laughs> during the panel, uh, Corin Nemec did audition for a role in season three of the Orville. No clue if he got it or not. Uh, if he did, I'm sure it's a secret. So um, I'm not going to ask him, but maybe it'll come up naturally. Maybe he'll mention something. Maybe he'll make a slip, whether he got it or not. And if he makes that slip, ooh, Corin, I'm going to let everybody know what you said. <laughs> Feel better, Val. Where are you at, Val? A lot of people in the chat. Eccleston Angel in the house. Yeah, apparently the F word is still a thing in the 24th century. Yeah, in the last episode, when Picard goes to talk to the CDC or CNC of Starfleet, I can't remember what the initials are, uh, mean lady that doesn't like Picard, she says the F word hubris 
Um, I like the sentiment because she's angry at Picard. A lot of Starfleet's angry at Picard for when he left. She's probably one of those people that don't, that isn't in on the conspiracy that's going on. She's not high enough level. Um, I think when Picard uh, offered his resignation, if they didn't continue the rescue efforts, that was the best possible thing that the the that they could have hoped for as far as start the the evil the. The bad Starfleet, which we don't even know if they're bad. They just might be working with information we don't have, which I think might be the case. Um, I think that was the best thing because their whole job was trying to figure out how to stop Picard from from, from continuing on. And he just made it easy for them. He said, I'm out of here. And they said, fine. And because Raffi was also really passionate about saving the Romulans and she was right there with Picard the whole time they fired her because of her association with Picard because they figured she'd be a problem as well and they had a they had a good reason to fire her even though it was their bad guy reason right so um while I appreciate the sentiment from that lady I don't and I love cuss words I just love them so much you guys uh, I just don't like it in Star Trek I just don't like it in Star Trek I love it on Sesame Street um, love it on the Smurfs, uh, you know, anything like that, but I just don't like it in Star Trek. Plus, it's just smarter to use other types of words. But I get it. I get that that's the realism. It's the CBS one. Oh, we need people to watch our show on our streaming service. That isn't going to bring people in CBS. Um, Could have used a, just use a real big, go to the, into the thesaurus and pick a really smart word and use that word instead. Um, I don't mind uh, dropping a, a shit bomb every once in a while in Star Trek. Data popularized that. Actually, no, they even did that in uh, uh, original series films as well. They're trying to be like uh, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica with Frack. Uh, I would have preferred Frack. Uh, Frack was smart. That was clever. That was getting around the sensors using futuristic talk, right? Or no, way back in the day, long a galaxy long ago, far, far away talk. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, that was clever. This that wasn't it wasn't clever in this episode. Profanity was supposed to be a thing of the past in Star Trek lore. Yeah, I don't quite get that either. I don't certain things I just don't I'm like, yeah, right. People are still going to be people, but it's probably a lot less common. I'm I'm absolutely sure it's less common. But also what's profanity? It's what is profanity? Is is the F word an F word in the future? Do they even consider it a, a, a bad word in the future? <laughs> Why is my badge different? What was that from? Geolaw, what was that from? I remember that line from something. <laughs> Love it on Sesame Street. What about this rumor that Amazon wanted the episode count to be cut, thus forcing them to drop a lot of scenes to compress it all? Hmm... I don't know about that. I mean, the, the season is already short and the episodes aren't very long. The episodes are only like 43, 45 minutes. Most Amazon shows are a full 60 minutes. So I'm not sure. I don't know why they would want it to be cut at all. It's already not that much. Yes, uh, according to the rumor, Seth does not want the bad robot stuff. Um, because he probably is just not interested in, th in that style. I don't have a problem with Bad Robot. Um, I'm not necessarily some of their Star Trek. The, the 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 reason I'm able to be okay with most of the Bad Robot Star Trek is because it's not Star Trek in the Star Trek universe. It's a whole other universe. So they can they can do what they want in that other universe as 
far as I'm concerned. So I just judge them on the quality of the film. Uh, I liked 2009. Took a little getting used to because it was the first, whoa, what the hell is this type Star Trek? Um, ended up liking it in the long run. Still cannot stand Into Darkness. And I really liked Beyond right off the bat. It was just a fun season what if season four adventure of the original series if they had a season four they won't have a season five though will they um but yeah he doesn't want that bad robot stuff and i yeah i don't see why he would want that that's not what he's going for he wants to do legit star trek and also there's no way that this is the same timeline and i'll tell you why okay i'm fine with the bad robot star trek films because they take place in another timeline cool whatever uh things happen differently there the prime timeline uh that spock came from in that movie to to the kelvin timeline is not the same timeline as the star trek shows that we that we know and love that this is the prime timeline this the shows that we know and love is the star trek canon timeline it's very different the Prime Timeline is a phrase that was created in 2009 to accompany the 2009 movie because they needed Spock to come from somewhere. So they called it the Prime Timeline. Uh, they weren't allowed to, to touch anything with the regular timeline because of lawyers and uh, CBS butthole drama. Uh, fine, that's cool too. Uh, Discovery and this Picard show take place in that timeline, that Prime Timeline, that spock came from which is similar in a lot of ways but different um the picard's timeline stuff isn't as different as the discovery stuff but it's it's still a little bit different the romulans uh like there's a discrepancy in uh for instance in in canon when it comes to the last episode of picard in the last episode of picard laris said to jean-luc that you ever notice that, that Romulans don't study synthet synthetics or cybernetics. We don't like uh, sense. We're racist against sense. Something like that. She's like, I'm a huge bigot against synthetics. You know how I do, Jean-Luc. And um, that goes completely against an episode of uh, TNG Season 3 called The Defector. Where a Romulan comes on board. He's defecting. He's being chased by the other Romulans. And he has a conversation with Data where he states that, oh, you're the android. I bet. No, you're the android. I know a whole horde of Romulan cyberneticists that would love to be standing this close to you. And Data's like, well, buy me dinner first. And then, uh, so that completely contradicts what uh, Laris said. But not really, because in Laris's timeline, it's a timeline that's been affected with time travel uh, that, you know, the Red Angel, stupid crap like that. Uh, Michael Burnham's dumb mom traveled thousands upon thousands of times to, through all times of different times to try to fix stuff. Uh, we have that that weird information sphere that goes back a kabillion years, right? And in, in Laris's timeline, this Picard series, uh, the Romulans have known for thousands of years about the problems with robots and synths and stuff like that. So this is a timeline that has... The, uh, they maybe came in contact with this information from that sphere at some point thousands of years ago that never happened in the tng timeline They're, they have all that weird time travel stuff with the red angel things like that so things played out differently in this timeline because of all that weird time travel stuff this is a, a timeline where everything's pretty close to what happened in picard's 
in TNG times, but things played out differently with the Romulans. The Romulans uh, in this timeline uh, know something about synths that other people don't know about, and they've been fighting against it the whole time. They you know, it's information that gets passed down or sentiment that gets passed down. They're, they don't know why they hate them so much, but they, they don't like cybernetics since they don't like robots you guys they don't like they don't like Roombas and stuff like that so this is a different timeline uh discovery this picard series even though i like it is a, a different timeline it's not the exact same timeline things played out ever so slightly differently like sliders it's kind of that same sentiment the, the main problem is that cbs won't admit it cbs needs to just send out a memo saying it's a different timeline period that's it end of message boom all is well well the shows might still suck but at least that part of the show can't that's not a problem anymore now the problem should be what do they put on screen how do they write the scripts is the dialogue dumb does this make sense uh, in the world of the story of the show not necessarily the universe of star trek uh they haven't proven themselves uh with that stuff yet doing okay with picard it's too early to tell if picard uh, the first couple episodes of Discovery Season 2 were a lot better, and then it just went, woo! Oh, look at that cool poop co cocoon! Yay! Not gonna work. <laughs> uh, Kevin Scott. Okay, I quit! I quit right now! I cannot work here anymore! <laughs> I cannot work here anymore, Kevin Scott! Uh, have a great trip. You can listen to Mr. Sci-Fi, Mark Zicree, YouTube, about the history of science fiction on the way. Nice. Good old Mark Zikree. We, uh, Zikree. We, uh, had a chat. Got an interview with Mark Zikree that I put up, what, a couple months ago? It's right there somewhere in the cattle, in the egotastic catalog. <laughs> He's a really cool guy to talk to. <laughs> he went down to White Castle and had some sliders. The stream keeps rubber banding every so often, usually the last few seconds before continuing. Mmm, yeah. Well, it's probably about time to finish the stream then, you guys. I apologize for the internets or the YouTubes or whatever's going on. <laughs> you think what is affecting the the timeline is first contact it, something's affecting the timeline uh, we know that the Borg have some temporal connections due to first contact movie so it's all stemming from that movie yeah let's yeah uh, the Borg do have some little time travel connections uh, at least with sending messages and stuff like that so I think uh, the Borg cube the Ramda she got some information in her little Borg brain that came from the future she doesn't realize it's from the future she her memory her brain is just translating it how it wants to translate it uh jp which attack do you think was worse the synthetics attack on mars or the zindi attack from enterprise hmm the i would think that the zindi attack must have killed more people than the mars attack right because we're talking legit earth but it was florida so i'm not so i don't think people cared as much because that's just the type of stuff that happens in Florida. You know, Florida from the news. That same Florida. So, uh, <laughs> you know, good people were, were on Mars getting work done. For All Mankind, the sci-fi series on Apple TV. I really want to watch that, but I just... 
too many streaming services. That's why I was, uh, I just can't have another streaming service. That's why I was very happy to learn that Peacock from NBC is going to be free. Uh, they have the base level that'll be free. And then they'll have, you know, you want a little extra content, you pay some money. You want the full catalog with crazy movies and stuff, then you can pay even more money. But the, you want to watch something that came on yesterday on TV? Boom, no problem. Uh, free, just for you. Just watch a few commercials, which is totally fair. That's how TV works. This will have less, com Peacock will have less commercials than actual television, so that's really good. Hey, Richards. Takes a special kind of garbage person, if you ask me. You are not a garbage person, Richards. I'm the garbage person. I'm the special type of garbage person. You're the recycle bin person. You're good. Towards your bandwidth costs. I appreciate that. I do need that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Click on all the stuff below down there, you guys. I have the... Oh, you guys. If you haven't seen it yet, I have the all... I have two all-new Orville shirts that I designed. I have... Uh, welcome to Salea uh, t-shirt which is kind of like in the style of those old welcome to whatever town postcards from the 50s and 60s or the 40s and 50s uh, that's down links right down there welcome to Salea and then I have the all new and this is going to be a series of shirts that I'm designing this thing took me all day to design <laughs> it's uh, it's really cool and slick it's a it's a Jaloja Plumbing shirt. Bordis's Plumbing Company. Uh, it's called Jaloja Plumbing. The link is right down there. You just at least check it out. See what it looks like. Tell me what you think about it. I'm doing a whole series. The first one is Jaloja Plumbing. The next one is going to be Gordon Malloy's Wireless Telecommunications Facility. And then I have one. Uh, I'm still coming up one for Yafit and another one for uh, Tala. Uh, so that way, you know, have you know four colors the blue the orange the red and the green and then uh that's probably the, the first four that i'm working on and then i'll have some other shirt i just do but it's a whole series of egotastic orville seth trek shirts first one is uh jaloja plumbing and the second one is welcome to salaya <laughs> malloy telecom <laughs> yeah i would go telecom but i have to go wireless telecommunications facility w2tf just like from the episode, <laughs> just like from the episode, uh, lasting impressions, T uh, Tim Russ's line, Yoffit Slushy Company. Ooh, maybe I'll do a Yoffit whiskey, whiskey milady, but I'll jellify it a little bit. Whiskey Jello shots, or Yoffit's Green Jello. Green Jello is a product. Hey, Professor Challenger. Good evening, JP. I look forward to the start start of season three and watching Egotastic Fun Time. Yeah, we're a ways off, but uh, I'm really getting excited. It's actually uh, uh, Madam Zelda over on the Twitch channel. She gave me a great idea that I'm totally going to do. Every once in a while, maybe a couple times a month, I'm going to come out with uh, Orville videos that are a deep dive into, like, oh, here are the ships. And this is what the ships do. This is the type of ships that they have. This is the type of weapons that they have. Here's a little uh, spotlight on a certain race or a certain character that'll really help us build up uh, as we make our way towards season three. Jellify whiskey. <laughs> the Orville season one, I didn't know what to make of it. Liked it though. Season two blew me away. Hope season three is just as awesome. Season three apparently is going to blow 
season three or season two out of the water it's their biggest season yet the biggest stuff that's ever happened on the show is happening in the next season uh lots of surprises lots of changes things are not going where we expect them to go also i have a a theory that the timeline is not going to be 100 percent fully restored when we catch up with the crew in season three i think there's going to be some changes some small changes that are definitely related to uh kelly changing the timeline just because she agreed to go out with ed doesn't mean everything played out exactly the same in the universe everything would have to play out exactly the same and there's so many things in the universe in life on this planet uh in space that happened completely by chance that could have completely gone the other way for no reason at all at all uh something as simple as like in one timeline someone decided to paint something red in the other timeline they decided to paint it blue because it was just on an, a whim type of situation so things don't aren't necessarily going to play out exactly the same just the fact that she answered her phone a couple seconds her 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 display with Ed on the other end, a couple seconds too late, is go or later than she did in the original, is going to have an effect on her. The weird feeling that she had, like deja vu or whatever, is going to change the way things play out. It's a butterfly effect. Things are going to be a little bit different, I'm sure, in the next season. Yeah, Yafit Jello shots. For this first series, I'm trying to do like old style type companies. You know, the plumbing company, wireless telecommunications, telecommunications facility. I want to find some kind of, you know, a little bit more blue collar stuff for everybody. <laughs> Maybe a Tala can of whoop ass uh, factory, a whoop ass cannery. You need an instant turco TA, uh, a Tata shirt. <laughs> No, it follows the sci-fi rules of timelines. Only one thing was changed. Once it is corrected, everything goes back to how it happened. Well, that's one sci-fi rule of timelines. Uh, Captain Mercer was very clear in in time travel episodes uh, that it doesn't make sense. There's you know don't try to th- think too hard on it. Uh, this the- there's this theory. There's this theory. There's this theory. And, and nowadays. Uh, People are more aware of all these things, so they're going to want to change things up a little bit. Uh, just because sci-fi is like, oh, everything's restored, doesn't mean that they're going to do that on, <laughs> that they have to do that. It makes more sense. It's more realistic if you restore something that it's only mostly restored, that there's small changes. Uh, you hesitate one, if you if your mama and papa are, 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 consummating their marriage and they're going to be and you're going to be the byproduct of that one slight shift in hip position at that magical moment means that a different little squabbly guy got through the, the egg force field that's how sex ha- that's how babies are made you guys the little squiggly guy got through a different squiggly guy got through the force field which made you a little bit different little bit different combination of, of of the genes that's all it takes that's all it takes one split second hesitation throws everything off more and more and more as time goes on <laughs> lieutenant dan elevator music company Ooh, 
Ooh. Maybe I could do like a Lieutenant Dan. What's that music company? EMI? Or one of those. Or what were those like home delivery music companies you buy all the CDs from? I can't remember what they're called. Besides pyramid schemes or scams, I can't remember what they were called. <laughs> yeah, JP is time looping on the YouTube feed. I believe the best part of me ended up on the mattress. Boom. <laughs> Muzak. Columbia House. There you go. BMG. DMG. Dan Music Group. Tallest bar, leave you sad face at the door. <laughs> All right, you guys, I'm going to get back to working on getting my review out. Um, it's uh, I just got to render it and then put it up, and I'll be I'll make a thumbnail for it <laughs> while that's all happening. So I should have the review up in I don't know an hour or less. Uh, but I want to thank you guys for stopping by. Again, I won't be doing Twitch tomorrow because I'm going to be on the road. So I can uh, be a guest at ArtCon on Saturday. If you happen to be in the area or nearby, come by and say hello. I'm going to have a booth set up. Take pictures. Chat. Have a good old time. Maybe do a, a raffle or two for some uh, Orville cards. And uh, it's going to be an egotastic fun time. We're going to be talking to Coronemic. Gonna be doing a panel. Uh, come by, bring me some shots of Jameson, and we're gonna have a, a great time. But if we're gonna end this stream, we're gonna end it right. All right. So, okay, that's it. Thank you for talking about Star Trek. Thanks for being civil. Uh, if you like Star uh, Star Trek Picard right now, awesome. If you don't like it, that's awesome as well. A lot of Star Trek out there. You don't have to like every single one, especially this new stuff. It's a, it's a check it out and see what you think. But nobody's obligated to like this weird CBS experiment, which I don't think is going to last forever, by the way. Or if it does, at a much smaller scale, in this weird CBS Trek universe that we're currently in. But hopefully, somebody like Seth MacFarlane, NBC will will get the old format, get the rights to it, and revamp it for today's audiences and bring back that style of storytelling that we all know that we love, but doesn't mean you don't love the new stuff too. Ah, you know, if you wanna help support the channel, click on stuff down there. I just revamped the description section, so see what you think uh, of the different stuff down there. And uh, as always, I hope all your times are egotastic. Shut up, Wesley. Damn it, John Luke, I was trying to do this. Fun times. <laughs> Love you. Bye bye. Egotastic fun time. We're gonna have a great time. Egotastic fun time. Give me all your money. Give him all your money. You will find it funny. Just give me money. I love money. Give me all your money. Give me all your money. Give me all your money. CBS can suck my balls.